Hello people, welcome to the When in Yorkshire podcast. This is episode 27. I hope everyone's doing very, very well. Now this episode features Oliver Jones, who is one of the people behind the family music festival Deershed, which takes place during July uh, in North Yorkshire, and it's just celebrated its 10th outing. Oliver is also behind the new podcast Social Club, um, this event will take place in Thursk uh, on the 22nd and 23rd of November and I'm very pleased to be able to say that I've been invited to be a part of it in its first year. Um, it's genuinely exciting, I've not done a live podcast before so I've no idea how that will go but I'm very excited about it. Um, well in this one we chat about Oliver's experiences in the world of music and how Deershed came to be and, and of course the what can be expected from the upcoming podcast Social Club. Uh, please go and show some support to him and his team. Have a look at deershedfestival.com and podcastsocialclub.com for more information on both of those events. Uh, we had a lovely chat Um, it was really nice to hear about how he got involved in studio engineering, some of the people that he worked with, his kind of experiences and relationship with music. Um, um, but I'm not going to go into too much detail. Hopefully you'll enjoy this conversation. He was very, very interesting to talk to, uh, to the point sometimes where I was just quite happy to sit back and just listen to his his um, his stories. Um, yeah, so I'll leave you to it. This is episode 27 with Oliver Jones. So, hello, I'm here with uh, Oliver Jones from Deershed Festival and coming up, the Podcast Social Club. Thank you very much for coming and joining me down from Thursk area. Um, yeah. We, I'd like to have a chat with you about a few different things. Now, I know that you've, um, you've, you've kind of behind the Deershed Festival, which has just had its 10th year. That's right. Um, yeah. So I'd like to have a bit of a chat about that, but I kind of want to get to how that all came to be. Um, I like to find out what people's inspirations and, and kind of motivations for the for the creative work that they do. Um, mm. So I guess in terms of why that all started and your your background, um, yeah. Can you can you remember musically? I guess we'll start with music. How how you were introduced to music? Um, my mum was a folk singer, I think. That's probably this. That, yeah. Which uh, which I haven't thought about since since you uh, for a long time. But she used to play Steel Eye Span, right. like the same one, the same album, whatever it was yeah. called, Rocket Cottage or something, all around my hat. Um, that sort of uh, they're awful. Awful, okay. awful. Um, and she used to play it whilst she, whilst she worked in the evening. And, and my mum and dad had an art shop and we lived upstairs from the art shop and she used right. to um, do, she was a commercial artist and she used to do sign writing and she would play. So that oh, was wow. there. Um, and she sort of like, there was a folk revival, wasn't there, in the 70s at some yeah. point, probably like probably. mid-70s. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a, it all happened again. Um, nothing anyone could do about it. Um, the... And then I, I think I remember, um, I remember being into sound, being into audio, and my, I got a tape recorder. I remember getting a tape recorder for yeah. Christmas, and that being amazing. And my dad had real, to, he had a real to real machine, um, which he sort of wouldn't let me touch. He wouldn't let me touch any of his hi fi equipment. Actually, okay. he was a real sort of hi fi. What, what sort of age? 
would I have been yeah. then? Um, sort of eight, okay. sort of thing. Okay. Um, didn't have any brothers or sisters, so wasn't exposed to like you know music like five years older than me. Mm. Um, but I did have. I was allowed. There was one tape recorder I wasn't allowed to use, and um, they had on cassette. Must have been cassette. There was three. There was three records that I just listened to nonstop. Two were Beatles albums. Um, yeah. Let it be in Abbey Road. Nice um, choices. And the third one was Tubular Bells. Mike Oldfield. Mike Oldfield. Yeah. And so those were on. Um, <laughs> those were on cassette, and I just listened to those, and that's what that's what I had, and I just used to play all the parts if it was a keyboard part i'd yeah. play it on the gas fire sort of thing or top Safe. of the gas yeah, fire. Nice. So, yeah <laughs> which never was was never on because we had central heat okay um and that's yeah that's sort of my earliest memories of of music and then but then i think as i got older you sort of influenced by we had middle schools where i grew up i don't know if you had middle schools but yeah, so, yeah. so like but 10 to 13 you were off to middle school. When yeah. I went to middle school, it was ACDC, Black Sabbath, um, that sort of music. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and that, that come from the people that you were... That just came from, friends. yeah, and it was just like, you know, it was kind of, you know, we were too young for Scar, really, but those sort of influences were coming down in the way people dressed yeah. and the way they shave their heads or there would be somebody brave enough to shave their heads. Sort of yeah. But and I think for a long time after that, I went with the flow, really. And those things that I listened to at home, I wasn't brave enough to show to anyone else until I think the sixth, the sixth form almost, when wow. when it was like, right, well, well I've got this, you know, I've, I've, you know, I can't remember what it was that I'd sort of bought in, but it might have been Tubular Bells, actually, yeah. something like that, which nobody had not, no one had ever um, listened to. It wasn't cool. You know, I, I bought awful things and some things I bought and some like Aztec camera and I know some people quite like Aztec camera especially if they're Scottish but I was like you know I bought that and I bought whatever was out right um and so what was influencing your personal purchases I guess then just peers right yeah not nothing nothing good going on from you, you know in those years in terms <laughs> yeah. of like the, where I lived in, in a town called Evesham there were no gigs to go to right uh, and my dad listened to Wagner um, and oh. I didn't like to say no older brothers or sisters or anything. So yeah. it was just what was on, you know, in the charts, you know, and that was all that. Yeah. That, Do you remember the first thing that, that really connected with you, that something maybe that, you, that, you, that you've stuck with? Yeah. I mean, my, my awakening was at university, really. Yeah. I, I guess everything sort of exploded. All of a sudden there was music to go and see. You weren't constrained by sort of where you lived mm. or your mates who were, you know, relatively square. I mean, you, you know, it, it wasn't too bad in the sick form. It was like, right, new orders here. Let, we'll, we'll listen okay. to that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was that was a thing. And, and you know, connected with that and whatever else was around at the time. Wonder stuff, for example, were very, were very, very cool for a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then Vic bought them back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, when I went to uni, I didn't... Um, I'd sort of you, you have all these friends don't you that you've sort of collected and you've refined and you've sieved them yeah. and you've filtered them over the course of say 15, 15 years yeah go to university and, and uh you know the courses that you used to be able to do then yeah um were very much more limited if i want i, I really want to be a recording engineer and, and there was no such thing couldn't go and do that specifically mm -hmm. you had to do electronics or you had to do acoustics or something yeah. like that um so i ended up on an electronics course in bangor um with a load of people I didn't really connect with at all. 
um, as I'm sure many people mm. do. And I think it's only now coming out in terms of like people's mental health when they go, you know, in our day, it was just like, you know, well, you've just got to go do it, talk to more people, yeah. and just get more drunk. And I'm sure that's probably the same now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's um, far off. But it, but it was, you know, so I had to get in with the right sort of people and I had to find them at, at my halls of residence and I eventually sort of did. Um, and they were, they bought, you know, you know, large collections of vinyl with them and stuff. Um, and so then, and drugs. So perhaps the first time I got very, very stoned, um, and I'm not, and my, you know, I'm not a big drug taker now, and I wasn't then particularly actually compared to some, but I think the first time I got properly stoned, and, and you couldn't get very good um, cannabis in, yeah. in, in, in Bangor, actually. So it did take, it did take somebody, it's it, no, it's not, <laughs> despite it all coming through on the yeah. way to Ireland or whatever, it didn't stop. Um, and so I think somebody bought some back from down south over, over a summer holiday. I think, um, and so that was that is my first kind of experience of that that time, and that album was the Talk Talk album, okay, Color, right, yeah. Color of Spring, and it was sort of just sort of suitably trippy, and then that opens up, you know, even more um, uh, of Talk Talk. You know, the later Spirit of Eden was out, I think, at that time as well. So then you move on to that, and then you're in, you sort of move into um, just through everybody else's. Um, record and tape collections, REM, just, yeah. you know, all of REM up to that point before it all went wrong. Um, <laughs> and don't get me started about how bad REM got up to and green. how early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Yeah, Green, last good REM album. Um, and, and nobody really knows how many albums they had before that. Um, you know, they had about <laughs> like six, they were six, or six, six or seven albums. You know, they started in like 83 or something and they, yeah. and they should have split up when the Smiths split up. Because right. they ran alongside each other, didn't they? Yeah, for so yeah, long. yeah. And they were perhaps the best band. The Smiths were perhaps the best band in this country, and REM were perhaps the best band in America at that time. And, and but REM slowly burnt their um, creative talent, creative talent, or their legacy. <laughs> they burnt their legacy slowly yeah. over twenty years. There were a few things about that, like, like yeah. you know, there was an XTC, Oranges and Lemons came out around that time, and I sort of bought that because it was in queue. But actually, that was kind of turned out to be all right. Yeah, sort and I of guess thing. But there was that. I mean. I, when I when I was discovering music and collecting music, and I have a bit of an issue with collecting things and boxes, um, but if if you sort of discovered a song, it was just I'm gonna have to take a punt. I'm gonna have to buy it. There, there wasn't. Yeah. A, I can listen to yeah. the whole thing several times and decide whether I want to buy it. And in fact, I don't even have to buy it no. now. I'll just you no. know, pay a monthly subscription. But yeah, yeah. there was a big thing of yeah. this could well be shit. Yeah, that I'm gonna have to take a risk. And we we had in Bangor, we had like a record and tape exchange where you yeah. could just go and you know get half what you paid for it get something yeah, yeah the police were a big band for me as yeah. well at that time and, and and they sort of like they're a band that nobody seems to appreciate now weirdly like say for example six music will never play the police ever right never play, that, you know imagine. and so perhaps and and some of that i think is how uncool sort of stings made himself <laughs> since they split up but they were just like i just loved all their stuff yeah i'm, I'm still a big fan uh, yeah you know, i'm quite happy to to say that i'm a bit confused why i did a tour with shaggy but i'll let that slide <laughs> if everyone's allowed one that's that's their thing so in terms of live music then what was it there can you can you remember your first sort of live gig? well you know again this is the thing considering that i've ended up and me and my wife have ended up who is the other half of Deership, by yeah. the way have ended up promoting music i didn't have a really good 
start um, at all. Like I say, Evesham had nothing going on. Yeah. There was no, I don't know where you would have gone. Birmingham, you'd probably gone to Birmingham NEC to see anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I went to, so Bangor Uni, I remember, um, and it was a big deal at the time because Bangor wasn't on any kind of touring circuit. Um, uh, Waterboys played. Right. Went, went to that. Fine. The Bible played. I mean, we're not great. We're not getting big names here. You know, um, John, what's his name? What's his name? Bible. Boohooadeen. Right. Lead singer of the uh, Bible. Okay. And they're, they're, they were very, very good songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just what was ever, ever was on in the Mandela bar. You know? right. But then I don't think any of that made a massive impression on me particularly. Um, we should be wondering why I ended up doing festivals at all. <laughs> at some point, at some point I must have seen a band that were good. <laughs> there must have been something. Um, yeah. Um, and so, but we were, we had a band, you know, it, there was nothing to do in Bangor actually, apart from make your own entertainment. And we had, you know, I played guitar at the time we had like a folk club and I discovered the folk club and that was a source of, you know, um, that's what you did on Wednesday okay. evening, pound a pint next yeah, to the laundrette yeah. in the bottom of the um, students union. That did, that did change. And, but so much of what we do now is live music that it's sort of become, it's so part of what we do that that you don't even think about it yeah um and i think for some people music is so part of their lives it's so weird when you meet somebody for whom it isn't part of their yeah lives. yeah um and there are some people associated with deer shed festival who aren't booking the music clearly but there may be you know i won't name who they are but <laughs> who for whom like you know phil collins's greatest hits is sort of they're absolutely happy with that and and and, and don't feel the need to sort of explore any further and they're good friends you know what I mean but for some people it's very sad (laughs) don't don't get me wrong I'm quite happy with In the Air tonight and there's a couple of Genesis songs that that have got nostalgic nostalgic memories to me and that make me feel happy Um, but it absolutely baffles me there there are very there's very seldom um, am I not either listening to a song but actually listening to it and I can actually hear it or have some form of music going on in my head or, mm. or or I'm playing or or talking about it, mm. um, so it does absolutely baffle me when when people have kind of that that point of view of yeah. yeah I remember hearing a a cassette tape, and that I think that was music. And just it confuses me when people have that that relationship with music. Yeah, but um, yeah, I will I will accept them. I will. Yeah, <laughs> they're not bad. They're not no. Bad. Yeah. So so how did how did we so far we. You haven't got a like a an outstanding connection with live music, I guess. No, but how it's, how does that develop? But, well, I'm, I'm just trying to think. I've never thought about this before, um, really. And I don't know whether the sort of live music just reflects. I mean, the the way you're talking, you're separating live music from from recorded music in a way that. Okay. Yeah. Fair that, enough. Um, yeah. So recorded music was obviously a bigger thing. And that, that, that recorded for you. music was a, was 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 a massive part of my life. Again, to the point where I didn't. But I wanted to be a record. I wanted to be in a band at that time. Yeah. I wanted to, and I was. I really wanted to be a recording engineer. I think, and 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 still do actually. So I did. So I moved with my best mate Oz to from from Bangor to Bristol. Yeah. I don't know how much of my life story you. No, is no, inter- no, interesting really, is... but um, it's kind of it is it is related in the way that in that. I met my wife Kate in Bristol, so um, so I got a job. Um, I, I worked in a garage, for a petrol station for ages, and that was shit. Um, but then got 
met, met um, Kate, my wife, um, and then I um, went round to, we lived in Clifton on the Dole and housing benefit. I had a lovely house in, <laughs> flat in Clifton yeah. on housing benefit, which simply wouldn't be allowed to be now. Wouldn't, wouldn't, there would be somebody stopped you doing that. Um, and then I went round to the local recording studio, which is, was a, a place called Coach House. Asked, asked Andy Allen, who I think is still with us, um, who, who was the proprietor for, for a job. Can I come and just like do, can I come yeah. and do what, um, uh, what, what you do when you start in a recording studio, which is at that time quite famously like, you know, clean, clean the toilet yeah, and make, yeah. and make, make tea. Tea, tea boy. Yeah. yeah. Tea yeah. boy was the name. Wasn't it? Um, so, and, and so for whatever reason, the wind was in the right direction then. And I had my degree in electronics, which I think probably wasn't what everybody had when they walked in and he was yeah. a quite a techie guy and he would fix stuff. So I started there and then the first, and, and who was in at the, the, my first day was Portishead recording dummy. Wow. So that's, that's a, a massive album for me. Yeah. That's... And a lot of people. And I think, uh, although I didn't get a, my my toilet cleaning wasn't good enough to get an album credit, but I was <laughs> I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I stirred so, that tea so well. Yeah, I loved it. And I used to do, and and that was interesting. And and obviously at that time, no one knew who they were, and they didn't yeah. have the confidence that they were like they would had no idea. They didn't mm. know at that point. Um, and then slowly, I think Pete, everybody in, who who was there in the studio at the time just. Sort of because it was a quite a, a nice atmosphere, com, communal thing. Yeah. So there were other bands who rented rooms as part of that. It was a tiny place, but yeah, and and that obviously sort of slowly took off. And I went and got them fags and, um, uh, yeah, cleaned cleaned. I was just cleaned everything, but they were on a different sort of shift pattern to me. So they would come in at twelve. I'd already been there since nine because I thought that was what you were meant to do. Yeah. So I wasn't there. At two in the morning. No, when the magic was happening. When the magic was probably yeah. happening. Yeah. So I would be there in the morning. I'd just be cleaning. And I did sort of. The one thing I do remember at that time is cleaning Jeff Barrow's um, back IS thousand. So I would just clean everything. So he'd have this. <laughs> he's got this arm sampler, which was the sampler yeah. at the time, which had built up this this amazing amount of crud, which I think he was quite pleased of because it was just constantly scrolling. On yeah. Those two yeah, data yeah. wheels. So I just cleaned it, and I think I, it broke his heart. But I don't, oh, I don't think he had the. He, he didn't, politely he just very politely said oh yeah thanks for that oh that's happened yeah yeah, yeah. i've had that since i was 17 i was probably only 17 then, it adds character it adds like character people, i know yeah it's like those people it's like their whole got sound from the 70s it's got yeah. 70s dust yeah. on it yeah so anyway so, so that was interesting and then that kind of just got me into i suppose that got me into the music industry yeah because i did work after that trying to skip along a bit i did work like i said before we started with massive attack and did some things which i did get credits for thankfully there but they were i remember um as i said earlier a terribly hard band to to work with and i used to just like if there was if there was any reason to get out of a massive attack session i would right and so even though i had my, my had, yeah <laughs> and, I, and and you know how competitive it can be in that yeah, sort of yeah. world i had this lad lee who was lovely but he was just dying to you know, yeah. snapping at my heels all the time, and I was just like, "Look, Lee, I, I can't do this massive, se- this <laughs> massive attack station. It's so, it's such a nightmare." They're lovely lads, but it was yeah, just yeah. such hard work because all three of them would be going in completely different directions. <laughs> right. Okay. And I just said, "Can you do this? I'm off. I'm off to France with my father-in-law and, and, and wife, and you know, 
and I ought not to have given and act weirdly he mixed all of um he, he was the engineer on all of mezzanine after that right so so there we go so he's he's got a nice story about you he's about, got a story about the about guy me, that yeah, gave him his, loser, his foot in the loser who, yeah. who, who disappeared off but it was like you know they would they were tastemakers and and they you know mushroom would come in with a with a drum machine that he picked up in new york and expect me without a manual expect me to know how it worked and then i felt such pressure about that so I yeah bet lee knows how to do it you know and then and then you know they'd all yeah it was hard work as yeah. an engineer so kate my wife and we met and got together in bristol she worked at a music management company there yeah and kate um is a farmer's daughter from Rainton, where we live now just just up from the deer shed site and okay. we worked I did various things in, in in London in between, not not being, engineering, not engineering. Yeah. You, you know <laughs> when 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 the work dried up, which you yeah. did relatively often, um, and then we were there till sort of like nineteen ninety nine, you know, swanning about, um, never had any money, um, and moved back up, sort of two thousand. Yeah, um, I would have been thirty then. But I went back to college, I went back to uni to do, I went to UCL to do computer science. And then I ended up doing, I worked for a games company after that up, up in Middlesbrough. Right. Um, and that was awful as well. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, and I wasn't like very good. people's I wasn't dream very jobs. Good. I know, yeah. Like, I wasn't oh, very good. I couldn't, I oh, didn't want to play with Massive Attack. No, I, know, I can't I know, be bothered yeah. to make games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I was no. Good. I was all right at it, but but again, it's like it's one of these things where you've just got to put in mad hours. Yeah, and that industry's famous for that. Yeah. And I was just wanting to go back and talk to my wife. You know, that's like and we had a first daughter, Una, at that point, around that time. Um, and then that place went bust very quickly because they were all clowns, really. Um, <laughs> what I'm what I can do is I can do technical things merged with creative things okay and i think yeah, there's yeah. probably a few people like that who, so that's why i could be a recording engineer and that's why i could write video games and that's why i could put on a music festival actually as you know so that's kind of who i am i think um and so then i worked for myself for a bit had my own kind of web development company and then very soon after that we started putting shows on when our kids i think were so i've got three kids um you know, we had three kids under five at one point, um, which was quite hard work. Yeah, that's And so that, at that point, it was just like, well, you have to just go and work. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. don't care what it is. And my wife had always worked, Kate, she's always worked in the music industry and some she'd worked at Virgin for a little bit and music publishing. Right, yeah. Um, and then music management. Yeah, yeah, and then she, yeah, no, exactly. Started to see yeah, how this works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, father's got 90 acres of parkland. And, <laughs> And so we, she was from that world, and I was sort of from that world as well. So she'd worked in across, you know, record companies, publishing, bit of live sort of. Thing. Yeah, it's all it all sort of came together at the point when our kids were old enough to not be in nappies anymore, and we started promoting shows in in Thirsk. Um, right. Weirdly, at the same venue. Well, not weirdly. It's our sort of local venue in Thirsk, which is Royal Arts, where the podcast thing is going to be. Okay. So we just did sort of. We just did our first little steps into music promotion um, and um, just did sort of three or four shows a year, just seated yeah. sort of like who did tables with candles, just kind of like whoever was about. Um, we, we had people like, we had people that Kate was associated with at the time, say Miles Hunt, Damien Dempsey. I don't know if you know Damien I know Dempsey. the name. Yeah, very, very, very good, but actually not as well known as he should Irish. Right. 
artist Sing, singing in an Irish yeah. accent in the way that yeah. you two don't sort of thing. <laughs> um, it was like a Douglas Adams quote. <laughs> singing in an Irish accent exactly the same way that you two don't. Don't know. <laughs> so then that just got started, and and um, Kate Kate's dad's a farmer and had the land. Yeah, had, had the ninety acres of beautiful parkland and i think the instinct to, to do a festival probably everybody has because i think everybody yeah, likes to share everyone likes sharing things most people who like music always have the oh yeah god if i could put a festival on i'd get you know this this or this would be my yeah, festival I'd, yeah you come back from a yeah. festival going oh i would do it differently i'd do this so i'd love yeah. to put a little festival on and but for most people it kind of stops there and that's that's kind it of does the end yeah of the, yeah the and dream I, slash yeah. conversation and, and i think whenever anybody's asked me which used to happen a lot was saying, oh why do you put a festival on yeah. it's like the instinct to share things that you love is fairly universal i yeah. think and it might be like you say just creating your own curating your own perfect mm. line or it might be that you're collected some really amazing stamps and you want to tell your mates about it but yeah. there are hurdles in the way and we'd had a few of them knocked down I yeah think that's yeah kind having of like, the land having the land that's a great one to, yeah to have yeah 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 and and of course it's sort of like you know i'd i'd, I'd sort of managed to get the web skills yeah somewhere along publicity the line. publicity a yeah. bit yeah um and 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 kate you know is kind of like is accounting really so Dishad's always been really tightly budgeted and yeah. that's why we're probably still here um so that, yeah that's, so that's that just the sexy rock and roll part isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we're really um, good at managing books yeah but it's, it's it, there's so much to it and this yeah. is what i love about it actually is that it's you know i spend I, I typically do spend a lot of time in the car park um car parks that, yeah you know so i'm not and i think this isn't true of a lot of festival directors and i think festival directors will play like michael evis mm. probably is in the car parks you know what i mean or he's probably playing yeah. table tennis somewhere you know hiding yeah, yeah. from people or whatever um and then obviously other sort of festival directors sort of swanning around the the, the vip bars or everything. yeah but i i my place is in the car parks and i right. and i find that to be um it's where i'm with all my site guys you know and we've been setting up and we will set the festival up. You know, we're not getting a company yeah. in to do it. I'm doing it. You know, yeah. I'm I'm driving the machine or somebody else is and we're planting poles for signs or, or whatever. And that's where I like to be, sort of thing in there. Very hands on. Yeah. And it's actually people's first it's for it's people's first impressions of a festival is the yeah. car park typically. That's um, a good point. Yeah. And then it's their <laughs> last impression as well. Yeah. And and I know it's it sounds awfully sort of customer servicey, but that's that's where it that's where it can go wrong mm. first, you know. So, but yeah. So it, again, it's sort of you. You're into the music and you're into sort of like the the curation of it. But actually, if you can pretend to be a farmer, which I do, with my sheepdog <laughs> and my cap and my pickup, you know, I pretend to be a farmer for yeah, for yeah. eleven months of the year, driving around, tutting at everyone, <laughs> um, and then. You actually get to sort of, you know, you actually get to do a bit, you know, and and you know, driving forklifts and unloading yeah. wagons, and it's that's the, that's the best thing about it, really. Absolutely. So, how how did the the first one go? It went wrong in a number of ways, actually. Um, um, <laughs> it just again, just things you wouldn't think about, and we had like we probably had one. It probably ran on one generator or something like that. Wow. Deer shed one, um, and it was like it didn't cross our minds that. Um, that a generator might be worth like 50 grand or something and it was going to arrive on Tuesday and actually, well, what that's quite a, you know, so then you're so 
I'm a bit of a stress bunny anyway, but I just got so worried about this generator, although we'd hidden it. Yeah. Um, I had to go camping. I had to camp down there. And I was at one point, and I got so stressed because I thought somebody was coming to steal it, and I could hear them. I was in the tent, sort of <laughs> right, thing. Okay. no security training at all, and I sort of went all sort of apocalypse now, and almost, <laughs> almost started black. You yeah, know, was at one, was at one with nature. Um, <laughs> sat on some fencing somewhere, thinking, right, I'm just going to tune into this. And of course, that was that mental, yeah, that mental state wasn't. And that was probably on the Tuesday, do you know what I mean? With, with the festival yeah. coming up at the weekend, not a good start. No. Didn't dawn on us that you could probably pay a security guy like 100 quid a night to come and yeah. do that job, and I would have been in a better state. So that went wrong a bit. <laughs> I was I was in pieces after that. We ran out of money. You know, we ran the bars that year. And we, ran out of, we ran out of change all the time. Uh, we ran out of beer. Uh, and and Deer said yeah. at that point it was only one. It was only one day. It was like it was a, it was a Saturday, and we probably started at sort of twelve, and it went through to eleven. We had two thousand altogether, um, maybe twelve hundred adults and about eight hundred wow. kids, um, and that seems remarkable. Yeah, looking back yeah. from a standing start that you could. Do, I don't think you could do that now. I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't be confident that we could start a new event and sell two thousand tickets. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's that's great. Yeah. Well, at the time, of course, it was sort of there wasn't. There were just fewer of them about. There weren't as many festivals. Yeah. And um, we were probably lucky as well. So the wedding present are quite close to our hearts in that they were the band that kind of got us started. And they were doing the 20th anniversary tour of Bizarro. Okay, yeah. Well, they've just done the 30th anniversary tour of Bizarro, of course. But And it was just the first show. I think it was the first time you could go and see that album. Right. And so that all of a sudden... That was the I first time you could go. And, a bit, yeah, it? it was the first time yeah. you could go and see that. And and I don't I think if it wasn't for that, I'm not sure where we'd be really. And that's just a bit of luck. Yeah. The thing that we do is that it is just the assertion that just because you've had kids, it doesn't mean your brains turn to mush and you don't like new things anymore. Yeah. Because most of the, if you're going to start from scratch, and if most promoters were going to put on a family event, they would they would put on something. They'd have a bouncy castle, face painting, all those yeah. kinds of things, which don't require much imagination. And then they'd book Evan 17 or something. You know, yeah, they would yeah, book yeah. something from the era of whatever parent yeah. they were trying to target. And then that that's not necessarily a bad event, but that's... No. But no that, one's thinking that hard about that. Yeah. But the thing with Deer Shed is, I think that for a long time, we weren't sure whether it was going to work. Because of the, you know, so the second year we had I Am Clute headline. Yeah. And, you know, wonderful as that band are, you wouldn't, Not no, so one's having a, no one's having their knees up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And we haven't, I don't think in many ways that we've, we've sort of strayed too far from, from that, um, that initial formula really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a. It's just grown. I guess in, it's just got science. yeah. It's just got bigger and it's sort of ref, refined itself. And and now there's such there's a really broad program of stuff that we do. The other thing as well that we do is because we haven't got limitless budgets. Um, is we do sort of we sort of do decide who our headliners are. If somebody says they're not a headliner, mm-hmm. you sort of say, well, they are if we make them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So Anna Cal- actually don't put anybody on after them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We've obviously sort of just got found this little niche. Yeah. Um, and it's all word of mouth. It's all, you know, people come to Deerstead and they come again, they come again, they come yeah. again, and then maybe they don't come for a bit or they come back when the kids have gone. Or um, Yeah, that must be an, an exciting part of you've got people who have 
initially started going because they want to go to a music festival, but they've got kids, and so they found yeah. a, 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 yeah, like you say, an adult-friendly child music festival. <laughs> um, and and then their kids have now grown up, but they've still got deer sheds. Well, that's you, the weird... You're about to approach, yeah, approach that kind that, of... That is the weird thing about it, I think. And it's all... I mean, I'm going to get... Maybe, you know, I don't... You have to stop me when I'm boring you, but no. it's kind of... Um, you know, there it is built on love, and love mm. is, you know, what um, what I think it runs on, because um, we, you know, we love doing it, and it's nurturing as well, and it's sort of like it's nurturing, and that's the job of a parent really, and it's our job. It seems to be our job for that we've sort of taken on on behalf of our audience's kids, but also we do it with our kids because our kids are now involved in the festival. They're sort of like my oh, well. this is seventeen, and all of a sudden it's like seeing them blossom into the, the the adults that they're going to be and seeing that happen at the fact that our, at our festival i can only imagine what it is like for everybody else and staff yeah. like young members of staff who you've you've known for a long time all yeah. of a sudden come back the year after and they're so much more capable or so much more oh, absolutely in, interesting or whatever yeah, you know? yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's all yeah it's sort of all about nurture and, and it will be there are there are kids who have just come every year and, and and it must be so weirdly ingrained into what their view of summer holidays are. Yeah, I don't want to you know blow our own trumpet or anything too much, but it, it's going to be interesting how that if, if we do keep you know for a, for a long time with the festival, you just don't think it's you always think that you're you're chancing it and you're never going to have another one. Yeah, but having got to year 10 you do start to think well well okay we, we're going to do another couple maybe unless it all goes really, yeah. really wrong and you start thinking about those kids and when those kids grow up and then do they still come or do they go somewhere and then think gosh that was horrific and and, yeah. and, and, and come back and then yeah yeah and that, i mean i'll be absolutely. i'll be long dead by the time they bring their own kids probably um but yeah, it's just it's just a nice it's it is a nice thing to do. But it is the most actually probably the most stressful job in the world whilst being the best. So in terms of new ventures, then we we've kind of met through the 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 podcast social club, which yeah, which is which is coming up. <laughs> it is yeah, the podcast social club is an idea we've been talking about for a while. We, we've jumped aboard on board the kind of podcast bandwagon in, yeah. in some ways, and so we've got the podcast social club, which is happening in Thirsk at Rural Arts at the end of November. So it's it's live podcasts yep. where you can come and be part of the audience, and it's Friday evening and it's sort of all day Saturday and it's food and it's drink. The nice the nice thing about about it, apart from you know the the, the podcast they're on, is that I think it's is the social aspect of it, and specifically that we want to book it so that you will have a podcast on farming, for example, yeah. and then you might have a podcast on gender issues. Yeah, you might have one on yarn bombing so so i want it to be when everybody has sat through whichever podcast they choose that everybody comes and has a beer or a glass of wine yeah. together and you meet somebody who you would never know because we are divided aren't we you know yeah. that that is yeah. that's very much what i how i feel and and certainly where we are in thirsk it's quite a you know it's certainly a kind of leaving sort of environment probably and I'm, I'm sure we've right. i'm sure thirsk voted to leave yeah and, and that's kind of reinforced when you meet people. I, you know, I'm the other side of the fence. Um, and we need to get on. Do you know what I mean? We need to, we need yeah. to, we need to meet because we don't. No, you know, we don't. And, and um, so that's kind of like the, the nice thing about, uh, you know, whether it works or not, we have no idea. But I think it's a really nice idea. Absolutely. Um, I think 
just as somebody who enjoys listening to podcasts, which is kind of how I came about doing this. But Bringing it, a collective group of people together, like you say, on a diverse amount of topics to just get them all into one place to, and then encourage yeah. that conversation in, afterwards. Yeah, and in between. So, so the way it's going to work, just very briefly, is that there's sort of nine slots where there's going to be a podcast in, and there's three rooms. So you can choose. It's like a massive Scooby-Doo sandwich, you know, um, <laughs> of, of bread and then... <laughs> you know whatever else so there's nine of those um and and so you choose one of three and they're different prices so so there's like a 100 capacity room and there's yeah. a 50 and there's a 20 so you might think well i'll go and i'll go to the one on gardening which might be a 20 capacity room yeah then i'll maybe spend a bit more money and go and see robin Inns or whatever and then yeah so there's so there's there's programmed in so there's like half an hour in between each one where you can go and um make friends with Somebody you wouldn't normally. Yeah. No, it sounds great because one of the things that, again, another thing I like about the podcast is, I, I, you know, I've never listened to a podcast with other people. It's very much a kind of a solitary thing for me, very much in earphones whilst I'm commuting or something along those lines. But it is very much a social thing afterwards. Once I've listened to it, I will speak to people about them and everybody will chip in different things that they've picked up from other podcasts. And there's a big kind of, sharing yeah of, of, of information that and it's do. always i think it's always surprise so you know so you know um you know the the, the friend who likes uh, phil collins probably you know ask him about podcasts you can you know off you go sort of yeah you know yeah, yeah, fair well, this Music one there's this there. one there's this one and then occasionally i do that and i've been waiting for this one to come out for a bit yeah. and it's gone a bit quiet sort of thing <laughs> um yeah so so that's that's the new thing we've announced like a third as it stands today yeah like a third of it and there's, there's two thirds to go and, excellent um, and where where can we find out what's the the website well podcast social club yeah if you put it into google it won't find it yet okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not crawled it yet. okay um or indexed it but so yeah so podcast socialclub.com okay is, is is the url very much looking forward to coming up and not just doing the podcast, but the to taking the work when you watch your podcast up there, but also to go and to go and watch a load. Even you know, I'd love to go and watch Robin Ince. Sounds like it's gonna be great. Um, big fun. Um when we were discussing earlier the three track podcast yeah. sounds yeah like yeah. something I would love. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Desert Island Discs and you know, there's a few others that kind of do similar things, but they are all very yeah. unique. The host brings a lot yeah. to it. So yeah. I'm excited about that yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, sounds sounds brilliant, and I'm very glad that somebody's taken the plunge to do to do that in this part of the world. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, very much. I hope it it becomes a massive success, and look forward to so saying I was a part of the start of it. Which would be great. Yeah, you can franchise it as well <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. want. I think that's <laughs> yeah. half the thing. It's very easily franchisable. Just come and do <laughs> that's do the one business model. Yeah, do take the name and the logo and um, put it on somewhere else. Yeah. We won't charge you. Um, until it gets really successful, then we'll just a, a, clause, a clause in <laughs> there. The screw, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah. that's been um, that's been lovely talking to you. Thank you very and much you for, the, Thank for you your for time. Having, Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I will um, for everybody that's listening. I will put links within the description. Um, please check out Deer Shed to start with. I think you know it's there's something there for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, check out the podcast social club. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. There you go. I hope you enjoyed that. Oliver was was great to chat to, and I'm very much looking forward to catching up with him at the podcast Social Club. 
Uh, again, that's on the 22nd and 23rd of November. Check out the website um, and the various social media for the lineup on that. They've not announced everything yet, but what they have announced sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, there's, there should be something for everybody, so do check it out. Even if it's just out of curiosity, go and have a look and, and see what you think. So, yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Please, again, I always say this, but please share this with anybody that you speak to. Uh, give us a like on the or, or a follow, whatever's appropriate, on the various social media. Everything's um, at WIY podcast. Um, yeah, that would be massively appreciated. Everything on this works through word of mouth. So thank you very much to everybody who has shared, liked and uh, and let other people know. It, it means a lot. But I'll leave you to the rest of your day now. Thank you very much again for joining me and good night.